Hey everyone, welcome to Breakthrough Conversations. My name is Danielle Perry and I'm the host. As always, I wanna thank y'all so much for tuning in to this podcast. And if you are new on this podcast, I interview people of all ages and they share a bit of their story about how God has helped them to overcome difficult challenges or situations in their lives, or maybe they're on their way to overcoming with God's help and they do share authentically. Well, I'm super excited, y'all, because if you tuned into the last episode, you saw that it featured my friend, Mrs. Randy Woodson. Well, this episode features her husband, Mr. Anthony Woodson, and this is part one of episode 18. Um, I wanna say thank you again, bro, for being willing and available because you shared a difficult part of your life on this podcast. And the title, y'all, of this episode is Caring for a Dying Friend. You know, I thought about the timing, the release of this episode, and I thought it's around Christmas. It's around the holidays. And maybe some of you have lost loved ones around this time of the year. And for you, you experience grief and you experience sadness around this time. But I truly hope that what Anthony shares in this episode and in part two truly does encourage you and uplifts your spirit. Um, and know that whatever you need, if it's strength, comfort, or peace from God, that he has it and that you can get it from him. So go ahead and, and get what you need from God during this time of the year. My husband lost his grandmother on Christmas Eve, y'all, a few years ago, and that was difficult. But I can truly say, I can truly testify today that I've seen how the Lord has um, brought him and his family and myself um, just peace and comfort as the years have gone by. Has it been easy? No. But I'd venture to say that each year gets a little bit easier. So again, whatever you need from God, know that he has it and that he has any and everything that you need during this time. So without further ado, y'all, here is part one of episode 18. Enjoy and be blessed. Mr. Anthony Woodson. Hello, everybody. <laughs> glad to be here today. Yes, so glad to have you. And I'm just feeling nostalgic again, just like I felt when Randy was here, yeah. because you guys go all the way back to college. Yeah. It's been a while. It's been, it's been a, a minute. Long time. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a really long time. It's like 20 years. Yeah. Um, Hold on. No, how, wait. How no, many? That's 20. Maybe, maybe not 20. It feels like 20. <laughs> I'm thinking about high school. Yes. Yeah. So I'm just glad that you're here. And um, it's just been so long. Yeah. It's been so long, but I'm glad that you're here. And we're going to have a, a good conversation, um, you know, just about a challenging season in your life. But I know that um, it's going to bless all who hear. Yes, I hope so. All right. So I'm just going to have you, um, before we jump into the questions, have you introduce yourself and tell a little, about, a little bit about who you are. Okay, thank you. Um, yeah, my name is Anthony Woodson. Yes, <laughs> I um, am uh, the baby of three. My mother had three boys and I uh, grew up with her. She was a single mother. We grew up in my grandmother's house, essentially, who, was, uh, who is the founder of the church that I go to, Victory Prayer Chapel. Um, so definitely grew up. Um, somebody who was strong in God, like the family was strong in God. Mm -hmm. We had a lot of God around us in church. and um, So, yeah, my, my background is God. And I love him <laughs> and just growing up in him. And, yeah. You know, of course, now I'm married with uh, two little boys. Yay. So, yeah. How old are your sons now? They are five and eight now. Wow. Yeah, they're growing up. Oh, my gosh. 
So you and Randy That's have been crazy. married since 2009, uh, right? 2009, yeah. Yeah. So it's 14 years this coming year. Yeah. Wow. It's been a while. But it's been great. It's been awesome. Yeah. I was telling Randy, your wedding was the first wedding I was ever a bridesmaid in. Oh, wow, yeah. So I always remember the yellow dress. Yes. <laughs> yellow. Absolutely. I remember those dresses. Yeah. So. <laughs> I love it. So the title of today's episode is Caring for a Dying Friend. Um, so a little a bit of a heavy topic. Um and before we, I guess, delve into maybe some of the heavier questions, I want you to first just start out by sharing um, what was your life like growing up? You shared a little bit about, you know, church. That was your background. But who were you as a little boy? You know, I'm, I was thinking about that. And, uh, <laughs> you know, the older you get, you forget about <laughs> what you did back then. Um, but I think I was a pretty quiet little boy. Um, I definitely enjoyed going outside playing with my friends. Mm-hmm. I was really big into the wrestling and, and action figures and whatnot mm-hmm. um, and playing basketball and then, uh, you know, playing with uh, my bike and my skating and whatnot. Um, but I think ultimately I was I was pretty quiet from what I can remember. Mm-hmm. But I've, I've, I've always been an observant person. So as a kid, I was observant and even... Um, you know, growing up, I was observant. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think generally that's kind of how I was. That's kind of how you then. are. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And you pretty much answered this second question, and that's did you att- did you attend church growing up? And so just talk about um, your grandmother a bit. Um, talk about just what you remember church being like as a little boy. Yeah. Um, first about my grandmother. Um, no other woman <laughs> like her. She passed. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in 2018, I believe, mm-hmm. um, around 90, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. Wow. And um, she, she, I, I love telling people she's the reason that I am the way that I am. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a great leader. She knew how to be sweet, but at the same time, she knew how to be really firm and stern. Like she, she would tell you about <laughs> yourself. Like seriously. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> and and being in church, of course, she being the, the leader, she was the founder of the church. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's in the pulpit, of course. Mm-hmm. And so just watching her and, and seeing her interacting into the service and then taking a moment in the middle of service to say, all right, now I got to tell you all what God wants me to tell you all. Mm-hmm. You know how we, we get used to service Tradition. being a certain way mm-hmm. um but she will stop the service real quick and be mm-hmm. like all right i gotta tell y'all some stuff like <laughs> okay. y'all need to do better with this mm-hmm. we need to improve with that um mm-hmm. and she was big on relationships as well so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um learned so much so much from her um mm-hmm. even as a as a child her being the leader of the church and also being married it's it's a beautiful thing to see her be that strong leader in church, mm-hmm. but then be that great wife at home mm-hmm. because her husband was also, he was an elder in the church. Mm-hmm. And so he was in the church, of mm-hmm. course. And so to see her be able to do both, you know, not be disrespectful to him. Right. Because right. ultimately he, she was his leader, right, you know, in right. church. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so to see her come home and be that humble woman, it's just a, she was just a beautiful example wow. all around. Wow. Yeah. So she, she knew how to, like you said, be submitted to her husband at yeah. home and not be, um, what does the word say? Um, usurp. 
authority, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, but when it came to, you know, who she was as a leader in church, you know, she knew her role there right. as well. Absolutely. So yeah. that's yeah. an awesome, awesome example. Um, so you were church all day, every day yeah. as a little boy. I won't say every day, but, <laughs> you know, it could feel like at that time, of course, uh, we, we had services a few times a week sometimes twice on sunday mm-hmm. once on wednesday once on friday mm-hmm. um and so yeah i was at all of those services uh and i remember on sundays a lot of times you know we come home from church we mm-hmm. uh lay down what well, we eat and then we lay down for a little bit get back up in a couple hours go back to church <laughs> um it, it, it was interesting back then <laughs> yeah um but but it, it really just shaped a lot in me, especially with the singing and whatnot, you mm-hmm. know, jumping into that at mm-hmm. church. Um, just seeing the love and seeing those examples in mm-hmm. church, I think it's really been a big thing for me, even that support that I would get from there, too. Absolutely. Yeah. So in your teenage years, mm-hmm. would you say it was still the same as far as attending church and your relationship? How was your relationship with God as a, as a teenager? So, uh you know, it started to develop more, really, in my okay. teenage years. I think um, it's probably around 12 when I really got, like, really serious about God. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so around those years, that's when I really started to jump into the um, uh, like praise and worship and things. Like, well, not leading praise and worship, mm-hmm. but, like, being a part of the choir and whatnot. Right. I started being a choir, part of the choir when I was younger mm-hmm. um but you know how there's a switch between i'm just doing this because this is what i'm told to do yeah versus yeah. like oh i really enjoy this right. and i'm singing to god mm-hmm. at this point mm-hmm. um so yeah my, my relationship really started to get a lot more serious when mm-hmm. i started to get into my teen years and um even during those years finding the time those times to really talk to god and like start to get to know god and him us building that relationship uh, it, it really started to um develop fairly early for me like wow. early teens or so wow yeah that's a blessing um because clearly we know um there's so many distractions we see yeah. what a lot of teenagers are distracted by today yeah. um and i would venture to say you know they're more exposed than we were yeah. because of just yeah. technology but um for you to have such a strong relationship yeah. In those years, that was so important. I know. It you was. Know? It was. Yeah. So would you say it was really your foundation in church that helped you to build that strong relationship? I would have to say absolutely. Yeah. Um, and one of the things I remember thinking, like, uh, because of my grandmother, the example of who she was, mm-hmm. and even um, knowing what position she was in, like being mind, mindful that my actions would definitely reflect on her. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking growing up I really don't want to disappoint her you know what I mean and, and ultimately God of course mm-hmm. um, but that was just another layer to put on top of that just yeah. making sure I'm doing what I have to do so that uh, I'm not a disappointment in, in the general sense you yeah. know what I mean yeah, absolutely yeah. did you preach in your teenage years no <laughs> I, I, mean, I, I can give you a word if you need a word I can do that but uh, no, it was the the biggest thing I got into was singing, and of course, uh, you know w- when you are doing like praise and worship and that type mm-hmm. of thing, you know you have those moments of you know exalting and pushing people right. and telling the people certain things. You right. know, but uh, yeah, no, I never, <laughs> no, never stopped. In. But again, I if you need a word, I, I give it to you. I got you. I got you. Yeah. So, your college years. 
um, talk about again, you know, how was your relationship at that point? Um, was it still strong once you got to college? Yeah. You know, college is, um, <laughs> I, I really encourage anybody to go to college. And, and I also realized that living on campus is actually a great experience mm-hmm. for anybody. Mm-hmm. And the reason is, you really start to learn who you are, you know. Because, again, like growing up, I'm in church. I got the people in the house. And my grandmother's right there. Right. Um, but, of course, in college, it's just you. It's just your thoughts. Mm-hmm. It's just your relationship mm-hmm. at that point. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I did still have a relationship with God. Um, was trying to find a good footing, like, in college, like what I should do and where mm-hmm. I should go and what mm-hmm. I shouldn't do and what mm-hmm. I shouldn't, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, but my relationship was still strong in God um but again it just was just trying to figure out how to navigate in the beginning when I got to college right how to navigate yeah so when it came to friends right yeah what was that like because my situation was a little different when I came I actually thought that I was going to be that party girl Mm -hmm. because I didn't do that in high school okay I got you so I thought when I get to college I'm gonna do it all right and then that didn't happen because God just, you know, he yeah. changed everything right. with gospel choir. Yeah. But, you know, when you came, um, was it hard to, I guess, make friends and, you know, try to find other people that were in your shoes as far as a relationship, you know, their relationship with God? Yeah, uh, definitely could could say that, um, especially early on. Because, again, people like you who wanted to just come and party uh. or, or thought you were. Um, I, I never really thought of myself doing that I, I for some reason I never really cared so much to do that mm-hmm. um but finding people who were on this uh, you know who had the same mindset was was somewhat difficult even if you think that they do have the same mindset then you get mm-hmm. to know them it's like oh wait <laughs> we're completely different no, you said you were a Christian right uh-huh. yeah so, <laughs> right yeah so yeah it, it definitely was um difficult at first yeah. again before the gospel choir because I think that's where mm-hmm. we really started to to develop those real strong relationships gotcha yeah. okay so before gospel choir so what year did you join choir ah uh, good question uh so wait I got to college in 2003 uh I think I joined probably like the fall of 04? Fall maybe. of 04. Could have been spring of 04. I, I honestly don't So you were that. roughly a sophomore. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. around around your sophomore year. So um, while in church, oh, I'm sorry, while in college, yeah. were you still attending church? I was. So what I did every week, because, um, you know, I went to Towson and grew up in uh, Baltimore. Mm-hmm. I basically went home every weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I did still at least go to, I think I went to like the Friday night service and also the Sunday morning service. Okay. Then, uh, then actually I would come back after the second Sunday night service, come back to <laughs> come back to college. <laughs> I would just take myself back. Of course, I would take my stuff home to uh-huh. get washed, my clothes and whatnot, uh-huh. and then just come back after that second service. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you joined Gospel Choir your sophomore year. Yeah. Talk about just how that changed things up for you as far as, you know, now you have people that you can call friend who actually have relationships with God. And did that take your relationship with God to another level? 
That's a good question. So, um, I'm trying to go back again. I'm getting old now. <laughs> but, um, so when, when, I'm trying to remember when I found out. So, remember we had those, what do you call them? Those involvement fairs mm-hmm, or something like that mm-hmm. on the field. Um, that's when I learned about the gospel choir. Oh, we got a choir? I didn't right, know. Right, you know? Uh-huh. And that happens with so many people. <laughs> um, but then when I did join, just being in that atmosphere, yeah, it definitely made it a lot easier to, to some degree, be myself, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. um, and also to just hear other people, wow, you love God too? Yeah, like, you yeah. you live like this? You grew up in church or didn't grow up in church? Right. Um, but you have a relationship with God. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so seeing all these people definitely help to, uh, what's the word, like, confirm or solidify, like, my relationship. Like, right. this isn't, like, something that I'm weird doing you know all these other people are doing it Mm -hmm, as mm -hmm. well and so being able to develop those relationships and have those conversations Mm -hmm. um definitely was something that was exciting exciting to see um and and at the same time seeing adding the singing part to it Mm -hmm. and the the ministry part and the worshiping part to it i'm trying to go back because i remember (laughs) one of the first um rehearsals one of the first ones we were in a different building uh-huh. at, at that time uh-huh. and I remember uh one of the guys who was one of the chaplains at the time uh-huh. and he was just worshiping and praising God I'm like wow this is good because you know I I do this too right, and, right. but to see somebody else do it like my age or I think he was slightly older than uh-huh, me uh-huh. um was just definitely something that really ignited something more like wow mm-hmm. let me take it up a little bit more yeah. I'm, let me do that right, too you know right. so yeah, it was definitely a beneficial thing yeah and I just think about like you said a lot of people didn't know that there was a choir until right. that involvement fair right because right. clearly um Towson is a PWI yes. so you don't really think oh there's a black choir on campus <laughs> right mm, so yeah. I'm saying that to say that you know the choir was so on fire for God in the midst of being so diverse and such a diverse campus. And I just appreciated that because it showed you that, you know, um, that I guess the diversity didn't really matter when it came to just a group of us coming together, you know, to really, you know, be about God. And so, so yeah, um, Yeah. that's good stuff. That's good stuff. Um, so, were there any other uh, clubs or anything that you joined? Trying to remember, <laughs> I don't I actually don't. I I did join something else, but I can't remember what it was mm-hmm. right now. Um, was it Christian related? Do you remember, or um, was it just something else? I think something was Christian related, but mm-hmm. then the other one wasn't. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, I honestly don't remember. What you are not are. that old, Anthony. Yeah, I, no, I know I'm not, but <laughs> but I guess that just means that it wasn't as significant as the uh-huh. choir. I mean, the choir mm-hmm. was was yeah. everything. Yeah, man. it was, <laughs> especially when we came. Oh my goodness, yeah, that, that group was it was crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think you were already because you said you started in '03. I didn't start till '05, right. so you were already there. I you was. know, for yes. a little bit. Before yeah. I came. And I remember, because um, my first year, of course, I wasn't doing anything. But mm-hmm. then um, the second year, you know how we did the the, the, um, the uh, 
voting for the positions yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I remember they voted me to be a chaplain, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. starting off like that second year, mm-hmm. um, which was which was a great um, task and great opportunity too. So again, that solidified more of that relationship with God. Absolutely. Like, all right, now I got to really work hard to even yeah. show show these people. Now right. I have a position, <laughs> a title. So like, I'm chaplain, so yeah. I got to make sure I'm, I'm, you know, on top of things Absolutely. too. Yeah. And you did well because there are still scriptures to this day that I remember from you teaching. Good. One yes. of them being... Um, let your light so shine before men that yes. they may see your glorious works. Yes. <laughs> Study to show yourself approved. Work with unto God. It's not a shame. Rightly divided the word yes. of truth. Right. Like I remember those scriptures and I, I, I think I still have a notepad of those scriptures that I wrote down wrote just that. from, you know, what you taught. Yeah. I think uh, you were the chaplain, one of the twins. Yeah. And I don't know if it was Shanae. She may have been a year after. I was going to say Sinead, but I think she was after me. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's wild. Yeah, it was crazy. Because I have other people come to me and say the same thing. Yeah. Like, Man, I still remember that <laughs> scripture. Because I gave each person a scripture. Learn this. If you don't learn no other scriptures, yeah. you're going to learn this scripture. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's it, it was something that helped me. It was something mm-hmm. I did. Uh-huh. I found myself, again, in my teenage years, mm-hmm. I would write down a scripture you know, try to learn and try to memorize mm-hmm. it. The next day or next week, I'll write down another one mm-hmm. and then go back to that first one to memorize gotcha. it. Try to, mm-hmm. You know, so I thought if this works for me, mm-hmm. I can do this with them and see Absolutely. if it works. Yeah. yeah. And it was so helpful for me at that time because I was really learning to read the Bible right. for myself at that time. And so to have that assignment of memorizing scripture it was just so important for me. Yeah. And yeah. I think that was my, my freshman year in college. Okay. Yep. So that was that was key. God knew what he was doing. Man, we need the word. Man. Absolutely. So at what point did you meet Monique? Um, I know it was uh, fall of 05. So it was, uh, I guess that's my. Wow. Is that right? Because I came in 03, so 03, 04, 05. Yeah, so my junior year, I guess you can call it. Okay. Um, yeah, so fall of 05 uh, at choir rehearsal. And, and parts of this I, I really do remember vividly mm-hmm. because of what happened. And, you know, we had rehearsal, and I was a chaplain at this time. Right. Jeff Jeff was also a chaplain. You remember Jeff? You probably weren't. Jeff probably graduated That might have before. been before me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so it was me and him. I think Janelle, Janelle was also okay, one of the chaplains. Because okay. um, they were the chaplains before I got there, mm-hmm. and I think I just joined them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember after rehearsal, I was talking to some some of the members, and I just heard praying like behind me. I was like, wait, who's praying? And it was Jeff, basically, and he mm-hmm. was praying with or for Monique. Okay. And I was like, oh, let me get over here real quick and mm-hmm. jump into this, you know. So I was, you know, there supporting the prayer. Mm-hmm. And I remember after, like, the prayer was over, I remember just just looking at her and just saying, it's something, like, God, it's, mm-hmm. like, something about you. And I, I just could you know, couldn't mm-hmm, put my mm-hmm. finger on it. But just, like, that that special, like, she was just special, like, mm-hmm, in God. Mm-hmm, I could just tell that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
later to find out why he was praying for her. Right. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's the day I actually met her for the first time. Okay. But I hadn't seen her again after that. And I remember, I tell you, man, God, you just need to follow God. Do what God tells you to do. <laughs> Absolutely. Because I was in the union. Mm-hmm. And I remember I walked past the BSU office, Black Student Union office. Mm-hmm. And I, I wasn't one that went in there a lot. Like, Me I didn't either. go to BSU <laughs> a whole lot. Um, but for some reason, God was like, go in there. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't go. Like, right. what am I going to here for? Because I don't uh-huh, do this, you know. Uh-huh. Um, so I went in there and I saw, you know, some of the people from choir, some people that I knew. So mm-hmm. I went out, talked to them, you know, just catching up. And in walks Monique. And uh, I think she kind of sat down one of the chairs or whatever. And I saw her come in. Mm-hmm. And I went over to her to speak to her or whatever. And she om- almost immediately said, can you help me? Um, I was like, sure. Uh-huh. Can, can you carry my, my book bag to the bus? Because mm-hmm. um, she had a mobility bus come get her. Okay. Can you carry my book bag to the bus? And um, I picked it up. I was like... Ain't nothing in this book bag. Right, like, right, right. There's nothing in this book bag. Why do you want me to carry it? Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, I did. I was talking to her, walking to the bus, and um, got to the bus. And like, okay, here's your book bag. Can you? No, she didn't even say anything, actually. Mm-hmm. She just got on. I'm so, I had the book bag. I'm like, <laughs> what okay, do I well, do? I guess I'll just get right. on, too. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm not going to take your book bag. Uh-huh. Um, and so I went over. She lived in Millennium. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, I went and I took the book bag with to her and actually we went inside and you know we talked and we actually talked for a while it was a rehearsal day Mm -hmm. um and we talked a lot about God like again showing how Mm -hmm. strong she was in God we Mm -hmm. talked a lot about you know who she was in God and how much she loved God Mm -hmm. and hearing her talk about God was it was different for Mm -hmm. me because she (laughs) she what she called him she I think she called him Daddy Jesus, like she would say, my Daddy Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and I never heard anybody say anything <laughs> like that. And so just her relationship with God just sounded so intimate, you know, mm-hmm. so close. And so we were just talking a lot about that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was the first time we actually had like a conversation. Got you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that you said you met her fall of 05 because that was my freshman year. And I remember, so I'm going to back up a little bit. I found out about Gospel Choir through a friend who knew John. Okay. They attended high school together. Okay. So she was like, make sure you go to the involvement fair because that's right. where you'll see Gospel okay. Choir. So I went there. I introduced myself to John. John said he had a studio in his apartment. <laughs> Wait. A studio in his apartment? John said he had a studio. Were y'all roommates at? We we were roommates freshman year. Oh, okay. So that sophomore year was the only year we didn't room together. So maybe So junior year y'all probably were. And I'm gonna get to yeah. what I'm where I'm going. Yeah, go ahead. So <laughs> he said he had a studio in his apartment that anytime I wanted to come by, I could, you know. Okay. And I was like, Oh, okay, cool. So eventually I think I met Janae, I met mm-hmm. Jeff, mm-hmm. the other Jeff. Yeah, right. Um, and some other people and somehow we all got together and met John and eventually of course we were all a part of the choir. Yeah. But um, for some reason, this particular day, I was at John's apartment with some other people. And I think it was because of his, his studio. studio. <laughs> <laughs> so we were over there. And I think we may have been 
probably just messing around with music. I think he may yeah. have been on the keys. And at some point, you walked in with Monique. I did. I remember. You remember that? that? I do remember. And she was in a wheelchair. I remember that. And I remember thinking, like, first of all, I'm still fresh on campus and, you know, still trying to get to know people and be introduced to this new world of college. And I see a student who's in a wheelchair and I'm like, okay. So I think that was the first time I met both of you. So let me correct this because you just helped me realize that, wait, (laughs) it wasn't fall of 05. It was fall of 04. It was fall of 04. Okay. Mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. yeah, because I was thinking she wouldn't be in a wheelchair that early after me meeting her. Okay. And so, yeah, it was... Yeah, I, and I remember exactly that that day when I did bring her in into the apartment with, in the wheelchair. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I remember, remember seeing you guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think um, I don't know if it was John or someone else that kind of gave us a little bit of insight into you know her situation and that you were helping and caring for her at that time. And I just remember thinking that's a lot of responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so before we get to that, yeah. that year, because you said you kind of got the years mixed up. I, I want you to go back to 04 yeah. and kind of just talk through, you know, your relation, your relationship with Monique and just mm-hmm. how did that grow? And, you know, just talk about that. Yeah. OK, absolutely. Um, yeah. So <laughs> going back. So I, I told you, like, our first conversation mm-hmm. um, and in that at that time we had agreed hey let's meet up you know sometime this coming week or whatever monday whatever mm-hmm. day um and there was a ice cream social at the union so i think we said hey let's meet up at the ice cream social or somewhere mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in the what was that thing downstairs the food mm-hmm. spot in the union oh, pause pause yeah wow <laughs> taking me back okay um and so i got there and she walked up and when she got there she was she she had she seemed a little weak, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like as if she took her a while to get there, or, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we met there. Then we went over to the um, tower, the the one dining of, hall. One of the towers. Yeah, the tower dining <laughs> hall. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I can't remember what's called, but we went there. <laughs> we ate or whatever. Mm-hmm. While we were there, she said she wasn't feeling well. Mm-hmm. At the time, I lived in Tower A, I think it was, mm-hmm. and so. I said, well, you could. I'll take you back to my my dorm. You could just sleep there because she mm-hmm. lived in Millennium. It'll take her, you know, a while to get there. Mm-hmm. Just come over here and just rest for for a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and she did do that. And at once she, you know, rested a while. Uh, we talked a little bit. And at this point, she told me I have cancer. Mm-hmm. And she assumed that I knew because of that prayer with Jeff. Like she, she knew that oh, she thought that I knew okay. it, but okay. I'm like, yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't know it. Thanks mm-hmm. for telling me, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, I think soon after that, maybe the next day or two, um, uh, somehow, somehow, her uh, roommate got in contact with me or something to say that hey, Monique isn't waking up or whatever, mm. and so. Um, at that point, she had low, no, she didn't have low. Yeah, she had low blood sugar because at that point she had cancer of the liver, of the liver, and yeah. it was um, consuming all of her sugar, you know. Mm. And so she would basically not uh, be able to wake up, you know, once she went to sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So we took her to the hospital and all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, But throughout the whole time, and I'm kind of fast-forwarding and whatnot, Mm -hmm. uh, I'm trying to, I was on my way over here, I was trying to think of when did the decision happen to be this person for her, Mm -hmm, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Right, right, right. And I don't think there was one. Mm -hmm. It was, it just... It was. It just was. It, it was weird because, again, as I think about it, mm-hmm. it was never. Hey, can you be this person for me? Hey, mm-hmm. can you help me? It was just. Oh, I see, oh, you need this here. Here right, you go. Like right. again, you need me to carry your book. All right, here you go. Yeah. So it just came one thing after the next. Oh, mm-hmm. you need me to take you to the hospital? Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, here, here we go. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, uh, uh, she did get a. Uh, a transplant at mm-hmm. the end of that year, 2004, mm-hmm. and so she was good. But then the mass came back in 2005, mm-hmm. and um, and so I was just that person. I was the one to again take her to every doctor's mm-hmm. appointment. Um, if uh, anything happened, I was the one. No, she had family. Her family was down in PG though, so okay. she was very determined to go to school though. Like she had, I was gonna ask. She, she was, was still in school. This girl is so funny because she had like one class, mm-hmm. and so I remember one time she said, "Can you take this letter to my teacher because mm-hmm. I'm not gonna be able to come to class or whatever." Um, and so I remember doing that. I don't know if it was her dropping out. I don't remember her ever going to one class with me knowing her, um, but she just always lived there. And, and and that's another thing for me is God, like, she needed to be somewhere so that I could help her, you know mm-hmm, what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and so just having that mentality, me having the mentality of just being there for her, yeah. she had to be somewhere for me to do that. Right. So, um, yeah, I, I don't mm-hmm. know how she had to stay there if she had never had any classes. It's, it's really funny. Wow. Um, she had never gone to any class. <laughs> now, um, after her transplant, she also had, uh, uh, she would go around speaking to different hospitals about donating their mm-hmm. organs and whatnot, become mm-hmm. um, organ donors. And mm-hmm. and whenever she would speak about it, she would always talk about God. Of course. It's, it's mm-hmm. beautiful to, to see you have these doctors and these nurses and these people taking notes about, well, how? <laughs> how? Wow. Um, her just giving the glory to God wow. it was, it was just a beautiful thing. And again, even in that, showing me some, that that mm-hmm. that in front of these people who might not even believe in God, yeah. it's all about science to them. Right. But she will put that in there, like, yeah, we all should do that. Yeah. You know. So just showing that as an example. Wow. Yeah. And how old was she? She was during this time. Uh, I think we were around the same age, so 18, 19, yeah. Yeah, I think she died at 20, 19, yeah, 19. Wow. If I'm not mistaken. Wow. Yeah, I know. And what's crazy is she had just gotten diagnosed um, a couple of weeks before the time that Jeff and I were praying for her. She had just got diagnosed. She was a runner okay. in, in college. Like, she was healthy. Yeah. Um, she was an athlete, basically. And we don't know where it came from. It just yeah. came from somewhere. Um, but God takes us through things for a reason. Exactly. You know? And when I think of her situation, even with me being there, I, mm-hmm. I think about the, um, the the scripture 
in I know it's in John. Can't remember who it was with Jesus, but they were going somewhere, and, G, and they said they saw this blind guy on the on the ground, and they said, "Jesus, tell me something." Mm-hmm. Paraphrasing, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, who sinned? Because somebody had to have sinned. Mm-hmm. Like did he mm-hmm. sinned, his parents sinned, his yeah. mother, father sinned. Yeah. Who sinned that he's blind? Mm-hmm. Like, because I, I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Jesus was like, <laughs> no. Right. Let me tell you. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you. It's like nobody sinned. He didn't sin. His parents mm-hmm. didn't sin. The whole reason, the whole reason for him to be blind, sitting there right now, mm-hmm. is so that God could get the glory. That's right. And to me, I mean, and that scripture has always been something that has come to me in such such a great way because mm-hmm. we go through so many things, you know what I mean? Like right. so many things and we feel like, why me, God? Why am I mm-hmm. going through this? Mm-hmm. So that God can get the glory. That's, That's right. exactly the reason. And think about this blind guy, however long he was blind. I think the scripture said he was born blind. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. he could have been 20, he could have been 30, he could have been 60. Right. But right. however long it was, mm-hmm. he was blind for that long. Yeah. So he that was. God could get the glory. So That's that right. all of these people could see him blind. And then one day see him not blind. You know. <laughs> and so again we we go through things mm-hmm. so that God could get the glory. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. You know, I wonder <clears throat> You know, when Monique was still testifying about God during her illness. And I wonder what God was speaking to her, you know, in in that season of her life. Um, because like you were saying, a lot of times it's not about why is this happening to me? It's so that others can see the glory of God. Yeah. And I know that you're going to share more of what you saw, you know, and what you eventually discovered more about yourself, you know, after her death. But I know so many people were touched by just her faith in God in the midst of just that struggle. Yeah. And I know God got the glory, you know, um, while she was still here and after she left, you know, this earth. Um, I remember, uh, when she passed, I remember the gospel choir was asked to sing. Yes. By that point, I was in the choir. I didn't really know her well. Right. I think I met her that day in the apartment, but um, I don't ever rem- remember really having any conversations or anything with her. <clears throat> but people who were in the choir before me knew her, right. and, you know, would say, you know, kind things about her and would speak about her faith, speak highly of her. And... I just remember thinking, um, this is this is a lot, God, for college students yeah. to witness. Yeah. You know, um, I remember you the day of her funeral. You seemed strong. Uh-huh. You know, I think because you endured through so much and you, you'll share more, but you endured through so much up until that point. I don't know if everything had kind of clicked yet for you or if you were still in the mode of helping out were you helping out with funeral funeral arrangements and different no, things like that no, you weren't okay no, no, no. but maybe it was I don't know I don't know what it was but you seemed really strong you seemed to put together and all that day um but again I just remember thinking god this is a lot I didn't know her but she she died young and 
we're up here singing at her funeral. <laughs> yeah. Like some of us are still teenagers, 18, 19. You yeah. know, some of us are early 20s, but this is this is a lot, God. Yeah. You know, so um, I want you to talk about just <clears throat> what were your emotions um, leading up to her death? Was it sudden? Did it, was it kind of like, you know, was she on hospice at all? Or did it happen suddenly? Talk about that and also talk about your emotions up into her death and then when she actually did pass. Okay, cool. I'll try to touch on all of those things. Okay, no. and whatever else you want to share. All right, no, that's good. Um, so, again, I met her first time, fall of 04. She didn't pass until January of 06. Mm-hmm. Um, leading up to her death, um, it, it goes back to God because God, God's, God's really amazing mm-hmm. because, you know, every day was Monique for me. Like, it was. It was, you know, can I can I go here? Wait, does mm-hmm. Monique have something hmm. that I need to? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the last... Four or five months, she was in the hospital. I think like September, of, or like probably soon after the, the time she was in the wheelchair when you met her. As a matter of fact, mm-hmm. um, maybe the next day she went to the hospital, oh, wow. and she was in the hospital from that point up in, up until um, up until about a month before she went home. Okay, um, home, home, like home, f- home. physically home, not okay, not, not having okay. <laughs> Um, and, and so during that time, it was, of course, can I go here? Oh, wait, I can't go there because Monique's in the, in the hospital and let me go see mm-hmm. her. And I remember John one time, um, he, he asked me, no, he, never mind, I won't even say that. <laughs> but, um, I, um, I would go pretty much every day to the hospital mm-hmm. to see her. Like after class was over, I would go to the hospital. I'd be trying to study there, mm-hmm. um, but uh, it 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 was it it was a lot, you know, mentally to be able to only really focus on that. Again, that was that was my life. She mm-hmm. was my life. Everything had to evolve around what right. um, she needed, or mm-hmm. if she needed. Because again, you know, her family was in PG, so. She was in Johns Hopkins, so just making sure I was there to be there for her whenever mm-hmm. she needed anything. Um, and her being in the hospital, I just want to say this: that she touched so many of those people, mm-hmm. the nurses and the doctors and um, the social workers and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. She was really instrumental, really ministering to, to them. <laughs> she would <laughs> minister to anybody that would listen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I found that God was starting to um, pull me away a little bit. And and I didn't realize it until after she passed. Mm -hmm. But when I was looking back, I was like, okay, God, you, I could see that you were kind of pulling my responsibilities back. Um, Once she left the hospital, Mm -hmm. since she went down back to PG to be with her family Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, we would talk every day, of course, um, but at, at some point, um, I wasn't needed as much, okay. if, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And again, when I was looking back, I felt like I was kind of 
okay, let me pull you back. Because he mm-hmm. knew, you know, he knows everything. Mm-hmm. He knew that she was going to pass. And I had seen her three times in 20, uh, 2006. I mm-hmm. think my birthday is January 2nd, so I went down there for that and, mm-hmm. you know, saw her and, you know, we had a little something. Mm-hmm. Um, then I went back for... Uh, MLK because I was off and mm-hmm. school was out mm-hmm. went down there for that and we spent some time together I think was that the yeah that was the day we went to like a restaurant to Red Lobster mm-hmm. and that day was actually the first day that I saw how bad she was at, mm-hmm. the, at that point mm-hmm. um, like she could hardly walk like hard mm-hmm. like hardly walk mm-hmm. um, and but then the third time I saw her was actually the day she passed away. Mm. And I'm I'm so grateful for this. I love God for this mm. because I was um, questioning. Because I, I was really supposed to work that day. It was a mm-hmm. Tuesday. And I remember questioning, man, should I go to work or should I go see Mo? Because she, she was coming up to Johns Hopkins for like an outpatient thing mm-hmm. or a checkup with her doctor. Mm-hmm. And it was, should I go to work or should I? Go see her. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I need to go to work, but mm-hmm. I don't, you know. And so I decided I'll go down to Johns Hopkins. Mm-hmm. And just thinking about that day, it's just I'm so grateful for that day. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I remember the doctor came in and he heard, you know, was listening to her back, and he heard something kind of weird. He was like, "Come back soon, because I, I want to check that out, because okay. I'm I hear something that that mm-hmm. I shouldn't be hearing." Um. So I think we were waiting for something. I can't mm-hmm. remember. And I remember we had decided we would start reading um, Acts together. And we had already read the first chapter, so we were reading the second chapter mm-hmm. of Acts. And we were sitting there reading it and just talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she had to get a prescription filled before she left. Mm-hmm. So that would take another 45 minutes or so, so it's more time we could spend together. Mm-hmm. So we went to go get something to eat and and whatnot, and then uh, I remember I'm so, again so grateful because I was able to put her in the car. Um, she was getting into a van in the front seat. I remember, and and I helped her, you know, buckle up. And I think I gave her a kiss on the cheek or something like that. Mm-hmm. And she looked at me and she said, "Thank you." And that was the last thing she said to me wow. was, "Thank you." And. It, <laughs> So, again, looking back at it, then it was just like, you're welcome. You know what I mean? Like, and so to hear that as her her last words to me, having that opportunity, God letting me go there that day. And, of course, later that night, she passed, and I got the call the next morning. Um, I was actually at work when I got the call. It was just crazy. Um, But, yeah, it was was like a, a perfect period to that situation. Thank you. Um, but again, mm-hmm. because I didn't have so much of that responsibility anymore starting like those last three weeks, mm-hmm. the last month or so, mm-hmm. um, and she didn't uh, call on me as she like needed, needed me mm-hmm. as much anymore. I, mm-hmm. I felt that slight weight. Um, but when it comes to knowing if she was going to die or not, let, let's talk about that real quick because... Mm-hmm. She she refused treatment um, for some stuff and believing that God would, you know, just heal her. Wow. 
Well, that was part one of episode 18 titled Caring for a Dying Friend featuring Anthony Woodson. I hope that you've been blessed thus far, and I hope that you'll come back next Thursday on December 29th at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to see the remainder of this episode. And again, it's featured on Facebook, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. In the meantime, everyone, I hope that you're enjoying wonderful time with family and friends during this holiday. Be blessed and have a wonderful day.